Welcome to the Never Settle podcast. My name is Mel Clark and I am passionate about helping people realise that settling for second best is no longer an option and that everyone deserves to live the life they truly desire. It was a pleasure to talk to Dr. Robert Yoho today. Robert is 68 years old, he's a retired cosmetic surgeon and prior to that emergency physician and he's also author of two books, Butchered by Healthcare and Hormone Secrets. Robert is a whistleblower. He realized when he got into hormones through his female clients and realized they weren't getting the right treatments that the pharmaceutical industry were only interested in making money and not helping people. This has led him to going down a bigger rabbit hole um, with COVID when the 90 to 95% effectiveness of vaccines wrong completely untrue in Robert's mind. He knows that's not the truth when it comes to vaccines. So that has sent him down another rabbit hole and hence the Butchered by Healthcare book. So this whole interview is about what Robert has found out, what goes on in terms of money and the medical in- industry and how corrupt it is. Enjoy. Well, hello, lovely listeners. And uh, this evening for me, this morning for Robert, I've got the Dr. Robert Yoho. Is Yoho the correct? That's correct. Brilliant. Um, Robert has been uh, in cosmetic surgery for three decades. And prior to that was an emergency physician. So Robert has got firsthand experience of the American healthcare and over the last few years has decided that he doesn't like what he sees and has decided to document all of his information and research. He's written a book. Um, Forgive me, what's the book called, Dr. Robert? Butchered by Healthcare. Butchered by Healthcare, thank you. And that's the way I feel about it. This is supposed to be as inflammatory as possible, this cover. Okay, cool. Um, and yeah, and um, sent me an email across to, to ask to be on the podcast. And I was like, yes, yeah, straight away, because um, as much as I might turn some people off at this point, I don't really care because, you know, the world has become divided over the last couple of years with everything that's been going on with the pandemic and the lockdowns. And people have been branded conspiracy theorists, the people that have actually spoken out about what's going on, or the people that have been seeking more truth. Um, so I, I am, this is a pleasure to have you on, Robert. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, Mel. Um, we have to speak up. We're getting cannibalized. So unless you want to get eaten alive, you have to speak up. And if somebody like me, who's 68, can't tell the truth, I don't know where we are. Sure, absolutely. So, Robert, um, what I always do with these podcasts is ask um, for a little bit of backstory about you. Um, But obviously, I'm very keen um, to explore where we're at now. Um, And I know you wanted to talk about how the money works within the um, medical industry. So if you want to just give us a little bit of a backstory as to how you got to where we are now. And then if you want to talk about the money, that's great. Sure. Um, First of all, Mel, you don't have to doctor me. I'm retired. <laughs> you know, I'm out of the foreign legion, right? Okay. So, and the other thing is I've got to, I've got to do this ridiculous disclaimer because the lawyers, right. They'll claim that I'm promoting medical care. And I have to say, use this advice at your own risk. And if you have a problem, you need to see a doctor, you know, who's currently practicing. Sure. So I'm, I'm sorry about that, but we have to, I have to do that. So I, I can, um, I can tell you how I came to all this and, um, 
and give you an introduction to the corruption. Sure, that'd be great. Okay. So I... I was approaching the end of my medical career and I was 65 and I had been working on a couple of books. Um, prior to that, I knew that I wouldn't be practicing medicine. So I, you know, I've got enough money, so I don't have to work, but I never got rich. That's for sure. Um, so, and we've got our little social security or whatever it is that pays us a little bit every month. So, um, I started looking into, healthcare corruption. And I initially was interested in hormones. And this is the book I wrote about hormones, right? And hormones are run down by big pharma. They in collusion with the FDA who put these black box warnings on these things. And it's an outrage. Safest and best quality medications we've ever had. We have over a hundred years experience with thyroid and nearly a hundred years experience with progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. And we know all about the, uh, the systems in the body that make those hormones work. And these things prolong life. And just to give you a 30 second or 10 second teaser about this book, we, the most expensive disease in medicine, if you count long-term care costs is Alzheimer's, right? Yeah. We've got these 10 medications that cost $2,000 a month that don't work. Nobody, nobody claims they work. They just claim that it's the only thing to do right? It's the only possibility. So you might as well take it if your insurance pays for it. But if we started all women on estrogen at the time of their change of life, it would prevent in some studies, 80% of our Alzheimer's. It certainly prevents um, prostate cancer in men if, if they get on testosterone, because that, that, that gets broken down to estrogen. They get on testosterone early. Estrogen avidly treats prostate cancer, right? And, and the Alzheimer's is true and heart disease is tremendously improved or affected in a positive way by um, taking estrogen for women. They don't get as much heart disease. So it, it may not be perfect, but it's a, a perfect medication, but there is just fantastic. So, so I, I was interested in this because I was helping my cosmetic surgery patients with their hormones. I was getting older. Most of my women, and it's practically all women, uh, were over 50 and they all needed hormones. Virtually all of them needed hormone treatments. And so I studied and I learned, I got certified and I was able to offer it to my patients. Now I didn't even charge them because they're, they're spending so much money on the uh, cosmetic surgery that I just, I just wrote the prescriptions. It was not a big deal it, it, for the ones that were interested. And as you can imagine, the ones that aren't interested, I never tried to convince them because they're tough, tough to deal with, you know? So, um, so I was interested in that and I knew the corruption involved in the bioidentical hormones, which can't be patented. So they're run down, right? They can't make this horrible load of money that they make on all these other drugs. And step-by-step step, I entered the medical corruption, uh, field. And I just thought I was going to see a can of worms, but what I found was a dumpster full of worms. I mean, the, the thing is just awful and it's all it's a, a huge system just designed to rake the profits out of our government system, you know, Medicare and, and the insurance based system. So, I mean, it's crazy. So I can, um, I, I can go over how the money goes around and that, um, that may help you understand, um, you, you know, understand the, uh, the way it works. Okay, cool. 
I'm so, I'm, I am so, interested in the hormone stuff as well, because I am perimenopausal myself right now. Well, we can chat about that first, if you'd like. I mean, that's, that's a, it's a huge subject. And in, I don't know about Britain, but in France, they're doing a little better job of this than we are. They, for some reason, they're not quite as influenced by big pharma. Yeah. So there are these older drugs, which you've heard of, um, called uh, one's a horse urine derived estrogen. And the other is a synthetic progesterone. Now yeah. those are at one time they were patented, but they're still promoted, even though they are never the best choice for menopausal treatment. And the other interesting thing in America, we're using testosterone sometimes as a sole therapy for menopause because it avidly suppresses breast cancer and uterine cancer, as well as breaking down to estrogen, right? So you elevate your estrogen levels and some people are just, some doctors are treating our women just with a testosterone injection of a pellet that lasts three months. And that works. That's what I did for my women. I would just ask them if they wanted a, a improvement. And I mean, two weeks after they got that thing, they see me in follow-up and they were just doing backflips. I mean, it makes such a difference for these menopausal symptoms. See the, oh, some women think, go ahead. Is this testosterone? My instant thought is, oh Christ, does that not give us like more hair and things like that? You know? Well, um, it does. And some acne, but, uh, it, the, the trade-off, uh, feeling terrible is, uh, is it makes it definitely worth it. And, um, you, you, you don't want to get overwhelmed by cosmetic issues when you're thinking about hormones and you can adjust the dose up or down. You don't have to take a large dose of it, but it is appropriate for almost every postmenopausal women. And ideally estradiol, which is the bioidentical estrogen, and they would get, um, progesterone, bioidentical progesterone, uh, which is, is made now by the compounding pharmacies in the U S I don't know what the compounding pharmacy situation is in Britain, but I'm sure you can get it. You can definitely get it in Switzerland. So if you go to Switzerland once, they'll probably call in a prescription for you or ship it to you. I mean, they're, they're wonderful. Uh, they, you know, they call them anti-aging clinics or this and that, but really it's a uh, menopause treatment clinics. And it, th these things are phenomenally, um, useful and they work really well. And they're getting run down in favor of these drugs that hardly work or don't work, yeah. but are patented and enormously profitable. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand all that. And I know that the medication that some people are on, you know, they're on about 20 different pills a day or, or it's just absolutely ludicrous. And yeah, we have 20, 20 pills frequently for our nursing home campers. And I view them as a medication farm. And that's what they're doing. That's what the nursing homes and the, uh, the pharmacists and everyone else is doing. They're farming these poor people um, and sedating them and keeping, I mean, it's like, it's like the freaking matrix. I mean, it's crazy. 20 medications. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd, you'd heard of that. I'd never heard that before three years ago, two years ago. I never heard anything like 20. Well, it's like, how can your body respond to 20 different medications? It, it doesn't know what it's doing, does it? None of the, none of the drugs have been studied uh, except in isolation. So mm -hmm they have no way to predict what they do when given together. And so, and they give, they universally give these antipsychotics to nursing home campers. Maybe 70% of the people are on these things. They shorten lifespan by 10 to 20 years and they create a lot of sedation. They make them easier to handle, yeah. but it's an outrage. I mean, it's just crazy. The psychiatrists are, in my view, are the most corrupt medical specialty because their medications don't work. They don't have 
I mean, they don't work for 95% of their, they're overprescribed in 95% of the cases. We have 17% of our country on psych meds in the United States, and it's an outrage. They're claiming now that 50% of the people in the country are depressed. It's all marketing for the, it's called disease mongering, which it's all marketing for these medications. And I mean, those people, they're amateurs compared to the COVID vaccine, but they're, they're the worst we had before the COVID vaccine. I mean, it's crazy. So, so tell, tell us about the money then. You wanted to talk about the money. Right. So we rained money on our healthcare system in the United States. Now you guys did too, but you only got up to about 10% of your GDP, gross domestic product. We're at 20. So we're spending double per capita what any other country spends. You know, France, England, Canada, Australia, they spend 10% of their GDP or half per capita what we spend. And so healthcare in America is now about the same size as the entire federal government's yearly spending. I mean, it's crazy. And so what we do is we have to, we feed them all this money and then they, they turn it back into bribes, which are actually, it's not, they're not bribes, they're lobbying dollars, right? Bribes is a legal term that maybe I shouldn't use, but um, half our medical services are known to be ineffective or harmful too. And that's not academically controversial there. So just to get a feel for what's going on also, you probably knew that Apple and Google have a market cap or total value of their stock, which is larger than this U.S. federal government spending. So they throw their weight around and we have to expect it. I, I was shocked when they started the censorship and all this nonsense. But mm. when, when you think about where they are relative to the rest of us, I mean, they can do whatever they want. So... We have 50 to 70% of U.S. citizens on prescription drugs, more than anywhere else. And the big pharma worldwide gross is 1.3 trillion with a T. And it's 40% of the revenues and 75% of the profits are in the U.S. So they've, they're, they're, um, you know, they're motivated to focus on us. And we've given them permission to steal anything they can. So these pharmaceutical companies violate more criminal laws than any industry in history as measured by their criminal settlements with us federal prosecutors did you know that they're tw top 20 but look at wikipedia yeah yeah look at wikipedia and their top 22 payoffs 22 of the drug makers are listed you just google wikipedia uh drug uh payoffs or pharmaceutical company payoffs um, so they've got a, their own Wikipedia page of shame. I'm surprised that they can't get rid of it because they alter Wikipedia, all their drugs and stuff like that. So Peter Ross expressed it pretty well. He's a former Pfizer marketing vice president. He said, it's scary how many similarities there are between this industry and the mob, obscene amounts of money, killings and deaths, bribing politicians and others. The difference is all these people in the drug industry look upon themselves as law-abiding citizens. However, when they get together as a group, it's almost like when you have war atrocities. People do things they don't think they're capable of because the group can validate what you're doing is okay. That's from his book, The Whistleblower. So there's another quote I always read at this point from Harry Lloyd, who was a Park Davis CEO, who was responsible for chloramphenicol, which if you're in the medical field, you'd know what it was. It was something that killed a lot of kids with aplastic anemia. He said, if we put horse manure in a capsule, we could sell it to 95% of these doctors. So 
they only stopped promoting the drug after it went off patent and became less profitable. So the FDA, I got to mention them, they're entirely a creature of pharma since the early 2000s. And what happened then was their revenues, over half their revenues were user fees, which, was, which were billed during the patent process, right? They changed the law and it seemed like a great way to conserve funds and make them pay for it. But the problem is the pharmaceutical companies, the uh, FDA began to regard the pharmaceutical companies as clients rather than entities to be regulated. And they essentially became, FDA essentially became a lackey in pharma's marketing department. So if they refuse to approve a drug, they might have trouble making payroll. They're tiny compared to these forces they're supposed to regulate. They're, they're 5 billion. The, the pharmaceutical companies are whatever it is for the United States. It's, you know, approaching a trillion or half a trillion or whatever it is. And then they're supposed to, you know, regulate all the food sources also. So the, just a couple more points, right? Since the, that point and before, the FDA and pharma working together shamelessly faked the studies required for drug patents. Peter Gercha, who's a founder of Cochrane Reviews, the most respected source in scientific medicine, he said, the pervasive scientific misconduct has led to a research literature where one has to dig deeply to find the few gems among all the garbage. So if, if, if you... If you're listening to this, uh, this COVID story and you're, you're believing that you should trust the FDA or the World Health Organization or the NIH, they're, they're all completely corrupted. And I can tell you, my, my conclusion after doing all this research for three years on butchered by healthcare is that the doctors are all prostitutes. I mean, the, the, not the clinicians necessarily, but certainly the academics. And they, uh, so the medical journals, even the best ones, we got this big five, right? BMJ, New England Journal of Medicine, the Green Journal, a few others. They're almost entirely in the service of the medical industry because 95% of their articles are ghostwritten by corporate people. And the editors are paid, directly paid, tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars each year by these companies. So these academics are just shilling for their paymasters. And the, the, the published standards are crazy too. I mean, those who publish the medical standards, they had, the, the, only, the only thing they have to do when, when they publish or when they're writing a paper is admit in writing that they're paid by the corporations, right? This, they call this declaring conflicts of interest. But in government or law, payoffs like these could result in firing or criminal prosecution. But in healthcare, the whole thing gets ignored. So we see the frauds in the published manuscripts. For example, I've got the, I got a friend. And who's the smartest guy in the room. And he read all the great was left out of all of them. And what he said, and the, the groups that were studied were skewed towards younger people who have better outcomes than their elders. So the, and there are whistleblowers now coming out of the, the fray who are, who are, revealing some of this stuff. And it's, it's not surprising to me. Um, so after my friend read all the available studies, he said he thought the vaccine probably saved lives, but he couldn't be sure without seeing all the data. 
And I prefer another interpretation, which is I'm not upset that you lied to me. I'm upset that from now on, I can't ever believe you. So we've been lied to again and again by these corporations as their criminal settlements tell us. So the claims of higher death rates in the unvaccinated are statistical frauds. I mean, they're, they just don't make any sense. And there's been a lot published on that. So go ahead, uh, Mel, ask me a few questions and uh, uh, beat on me a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, no, thank you for that. Um, it is, um, you know, what, what, you, what you were just um, informing us of there, it's, it's more detailed, but I am, I'm aware of it. You know, I've heard of Monsana for many, many years and, and how corrupt that organization is. Um, but in terms of, obviously, you started to get into this via the hormone treatments and you were, you know, being blocked, etc. So then you started to look into what was going on. When did you start to look at COVID and the vaccines? Because I guess Robert F. Kennedy, you know, I've seen a lot of his stuff. Um, yeah. He's been researching this for a long time. And, and I think he got into it by accident. He was he was orig originally an environmentalist, wasn't he? And um, He's a constitutional lawyer. Th that guy is a hero. Yeah. And your, your, your listeners should listen to his podcast, RFK Jr. Yeah. Um, it's a shame he's got something wrong with his throat because sometimes it makes it difficult to, um, to hear him. But I, I hope he does OK because he's yeah. critical. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was also going to ask you, are you uh, worried? Because obviously there's been a lot of people that have spoken out that have been silenced or disappeared or whatever. So um, have you thought about that? Well, I don't have a horse in the race. I don't have a job. I don't have a medical license. I'm done. So they can't do that. And I, we, I, I remind myself every day that we're not living in, you know, Hong Kong, right? We, we don't have, we, we still have remnants of our constitution left, even though all the amendments, but the second seem to have gone out the window and we'll see. I mean, there are people who are optimistic. It, it just doesn't look very good for the home team now, uh, but we're not in as bad a shape as I understand Britain is. Um, so I can go on with my story about the, about when, the when vaccine you, damages. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. When you say you're not in as bad state as Britain, what do you mean by that? Well, it seems like you've got that. I mean, I, I hate to say that our politicians aren't as crazy as yours, but you seem like you've got, you've got more lockdowns and all that stuff. And I listen to podcasts from Britain and it just doesn't sound very good. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are thinking about going somewhere else, but where the heck do you go? Florida, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. the worst place is Australia right now. Oh, it's horrible. They, it's just horrible. Yeah. I mean, I, China is building military bases and industrial operations in Western Australia. They've, they've, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And they're, they're locked down. Even the provinces that have no COVID at all, they're locked down with the excuse that, I mean, apparently there's some big vote coming up now, and I don't know. They they gave away all their guns, you know, about five or seven years ago. Crime rates went up after that, but uh, they gave away their guns. So they, at least in America, we've got some. Um, everybody's a gun handler, and we all have guns. I mean, most of us have guns. So I guess if 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 we have to go out and shoot somebody, we could. Well, yeah. I mean, we're Britain is not like that at all. Um, I mean, there are guns, but not. It's not a. It's not an everyday thing for us. You know, the majority of people do not have guns here. But in terms of um, our crazy politicians, 
it's interesting. I, I'd like to hear how you got into looking at the COVID stuff, but um, what I'm seeing happening, um, and I'd like to know your thoughts on Trump at some point, um, what I'm seeing happening is there's like, we're being spoon fed bits and bobs, you know, and, and people in America are being taken down and Gavin Newsom's the, one of the most recent ones and apparently he's been arrested and, and they found all sorts of kiddie stuff and all the rest. Hey, of hang it. on, hang on. They arrested Gavin Newsom. That'd be great news, but I don't think, is that true? That's what Did I it happened today. No, no, no. This was uh, about a week or so ago. Now, Gavin Newsom's the governor of California. So I've got it some, I, he was arrested with kitty porn and all that. Is that what you said? That's Look, what, I'll, I'm happy to spread the rumor, but I don't think that's true. That's, that, <laughs> I don't that's think that's I, true. He's a terrible governor. That, he, yeah, no, he, that's disappeared, he disappeared. He disappeared for two weeks. Yeah. And I guess they they claim that he'd had a reaction to the vax. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I don't know. I'm going to have to look that one up as soon as we get off. That's, that's <laughs> that would be good news if, if we could discredit another one of these bozos. Well, yeah, I mean, what I've heard is basically apparently he was, you know, from the vax. I can't believe he would have had the vax anyway. But, I can't believe he wouldn't have faked it. Yeah, but then that gave them an opportunity to go in knowing he was um, in, it, he was compromised. And then his family apparently ran to a safe house, safe room in the house. This is what I, that what's been reported. I'm, I'm sorry. I've been sick for two days. I missed this. I don't um, think it happened. I, yeah. And then, yeah. And, and so I don't know. I haven't seen any proof, but this is what's been reported. Um, so we shall see. And there's also somebody else that hasn't been seen for a couple of weeks, a lady. Oh, who's that? I don't know. I don't know whether she works with Gavin or whether it's another politician somewhere else. But yeah, so what my point is, we keep, we keep seeing little things that are being drip, drip fed. I can't believe this. I'm, I'm picking this up. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure I would have heard about this if it was true. Of course, the fa fact checkers claim it wasn't true, but we'll have to figure it out when we get off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but we're seeing things in this country, you know, and Bojo, as we call him, I call him a twat, as in Boris. Um, That's very kind of you. I yeah, well, I would, you know, Matt Hancock was Matt Wancock and, you know, and so on yeah. and so forth. Um, but he he's now coming out with, you know, you're not vaccinated unless you go for your third booster. So all these people yeah. that are double jabbed. Um, are now feeling a little bit pissed off because sorry, I thought I thought we got our freedom yeah. now, you know. Um, and it feels to me like these things are coming out to wake more people up. It feels to me like it's almost an orchestrated good guys are really in the front row, if you like. Um, I hope that's true anyway, because it that you know, I'm seeing things from America, I'm seeing things from Australia, I'm seeing things in this country. And surely to God, surely to God, you know, with all the deaths, the kids that are dropping down in this country, um, the sports people that are dropping down all over the yep. world, the, the, the pro-vaxxers, like who's your guy in America that's just passed away two weeks after having the vax? He was pro-vax. He's a radio presenter or something. I don't know. A lot of them die. You know, this thing, you know about the vaccine adverse reporting system, V-A-E-R-S yeah. in the yeah. U.S.? That apparently they've got um, 18,000 deaths con confirmed due to the vaccine, but it's underreported by at least a factor of five. So it could be underreported by a lot more. So, I mean, this, these are all positive things. And, you know, the third jab is much more risky than the second jab is more risky than the first. So, I mean, it, everybody seems to be getting that story. So we, we, 
past vaccines have been yanked from the market after 50 fatalities. And yeah. this somehow everybody's been bought off in America and it's just crazy. And I, I mean, I can't believe anybody, anybody swallows this story. I mean, uh-huh. but you know, we have to remember that I think it was Lennon said it best. He said a lie repeated often enough becomes the truth. Yeah. And these people are expert propagandists, even compared to the Soviets or the Nazis. I mean, we're, we're, we're in the hands of our best friends who are screwing us. Yeah. YouTube. I love YouTube, but, but, and Google had this, uh, what was their, their motto? Do no evil. <laughs> they were honest enough to change their motto. It's something else now. Can you imagine? Wow. So, so how did you go from hormones into, yeah. you know, COVID and, and, and good that? question. Yeah. Okay. So I went from hormones into medical corruption and it just became an obsessive attack, uh, OCD attack for years. I mean, and I, I'd never really written a book before of this uh, substantial nature. I've got 500 references in, in there. You know, you can't write something like this and have it be unreferenced. It's entirely derivative of other whistleblowers. And just like me, they're, they're, they're retired. Nobody does this stuff while they're still working uh, because they'll lose their jobs. So I, I just want to tell your listeners that I'm not critical of people that haven't been red-pilled about this stuff yet because I wasn't red-pilled until three months ago. And I'm, in theory, I'm a very sophisticated, I'm a very sophisticated fellow about medical corruption. So I didn't get it, how bad it was. And I would listen to all the nonsense and I would look in the mirror and say, could I be wrong about this? But I mean, I, I'm certainly not wrong. It's all true. So I, um, I mean, it's, it's a crazy thing. And if your listeners dig into the show notes that I'll provide, they'll understand the whole scene is a lot more complicated than just big pharma. Big pharma is opportunistically taken advantage of it, but it seems to be uh, a, a network of, of um, kind of a cabal of powerful interests that, that have all these crazy ideas that basically are just trying to screw the middle class and screw the poor people to, for their, their crazy nefarious ends. They've got these ideas that the world's going to end if, if we don't do this and do that. And it may possibly involve population reduction, but I, I want to reassure your listeners that if they've had the vaccine and they've gotten through the first few months, their chances of a big problem are slender indeed, because the operation warp speed, which was the thing that produced the vaccine in America I think it was just America. They were a cluster F, right? In other words, they could not be a sophisticated bioweapon. I mean, this thing is injurious. It's novel. But these people, you know, they're, they, they didn't make an a electronic device that's going to track us around. They're, they didn't make a, 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 a genocidal uh, thing because they're just, they weren't well enough organized to do that. You know, this thing just is a big mistake. You, and that's uh, an easy thing to make. A Go question ahead. on that, though, but because this has been planned for a long time, this. Um, yeah. So surely the vaccines could have already have been put in place. Well, I just I, you see, I'm a physician and I I have experience with the drugs that could cause problems in the long term. 
and so for example thalidomide which with thalidomide which creates the birth defects that only causes a problem if the women take it during their pregnancy right so we we don't have an experience with anything in the past that would be some sort of long-term weapon that would destroy you know this this stuff this uh spike protein in the vaccine it accumulates in the ovaries that doesn't sound very good to me but the idea that it's going to universally make everybody infertile that's quite far-fetched in my view so i i don't think these i don't think the whole thing you know medical science is is a mess and it's so bought off by by the money that uh you know you can't trust anything you say you see and i just don't think this this thing is likely to you know but and i don't think it's so smart to do another vax if you've done a couple because your problems are are multiplied they're they're more likely but it's anyway that's my well, rant about that one yeah i mean I, I saw a video the other day where they were basically showing old headlines of when the vax first came into circulation here anyway and it was like 100% effective then yeah and it was 90% effective 80% effective 70% and now it's 30% effective. Now it's 20% effective. So, so boost, so jab one didn't work. Jab two didn't work. Right. And we think a booster is going to make any difference. Do we? When, <laughs> when, when I first heard the vaccine had 95% efficacy, I just thought it was a joke. I knew that they'd not come up with anything that was any good for 20 years. There, for example, the influenza vaccine was a complete failure considering the costs and minuscule benefits. And you, your listeners can go to Cochrane Reviews, C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E Reviews, which is, again, the most respected source in medicine, and, and search for influenza vaccine. They can figure that out for the, themselves. And, you know, the HPV va vaccine, human papillomavirus, that was rejected by Japanese regulators because half the studies were hidden. So it, we, we didn't worry about that. It, it, you know, these companies dominate. You know, when I think this is an accurate story, but when Prozac first came out, the pharmaceutical companies, I think it's Lilly who uh, manufactured it, threatened to withdraw from Britain if they didn't approve it. You know, Prozac's got all kinds of problems, which we can go into later. And basically it's, it's, phenomenally overused and causes a lot of a lot of side effects and addiction um, but uh anyway so they haven't come up with a vaccine that did anything for 20 years at least and so i just thought the whole thing was a joke but it just continued on at, like you say well i mean i'm i'm the complete opposite uh part of this in terms of i'm a very spiritual person and i've always believed in holistic more eastern medicine as opposed to um, being cut open or taking a pill and um, so I've always shied away from western medicine so when this came along um, I instantly smelt bullshit and <laughs> good for yeah <laughs> good for you yeah and I'm you know they're, they're labeling us as anti-vaxxers it's it's not it's nothing to do with that it's to do with the fact that there's no long-term safety data it's it's not even a vaccine. They they've it's it's now been proven that they actually changed the definition so they yeah. can get this. You story. heard that story. Yeah. Um and it's genetic gene, sorry, it's mRNA gene therapy. Christ knows what the hell that's gonna do to yeah. me. But I was gonna also ask you, um, Carrie Mullis, is it the inventor of the PCR test? Yeah. Um, who coincidentally died just before the uh, pandemic. But he's on record as saying, you can make that PCR test find anything. Yeah. 
if you there, do now, those high enough. This may be a little bit high level. I'm not, not that I'm all that high level, but there's a thing called a sensitivity and specificity of a test. And it has to do with picking up false negatives or fa false positives. And this, this test was designed to be, as I understand it, it was designed to be super sensitive. So they come up with all these, all these horrifying litany of uh, cases, you know? Yeah. And one thing that I understood from the very start was that there's, there's no robust measure of any disease except for fatalities, maybe hospitalizations, but um, to measure cases is ridiculous. It's just, it, it just doesn't work. And this is a typical, a typical, a typical study fraud, uh, for big pharma. And we've been watching this, uh, behavior for at least 20 years, probably 40. So we haven't even gotten to the bad story yet. This is you, you're, you're telling the lightweight story. You know that. Okay. Come on then. Hit me the with bad, the bad story is the, uh, proven treatments, right? So oh. it's against the law to, uh, deploy a, uh, an experimental treatment when you have proven treatments. And we had, we had inexpensive proven treatments for viral illnesses. And within a short time, they were proven to work for COVID. And this, there were some of the safest medications ever invented and billions of doses have been used for humans. So I only became convinced of the mendacity of these companies, it, despite all my background and, and reading about all their misdeeds and, and uh, crimes that when, when they, started to conceal this stuff in cooperation with the, you know, the social media. And it's, it's, it's that thing has turned me into a advocate for understanding COVID. And I never was before I was promoting my books, but, and it didn't happen to me until three months ago. So I forgive your readers if they don't understand this, but if you spend several hours on the show notes, you can, you can learn what's going on and, there's much more to the story. I don't think we can get to the whole thing, but uh, I mean, I've got the best, um, the most up-to-date um, accounts of what, what's going on in, in a, the document I'll send you. Well, I know about the suppression of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and I saw something, I think it was just earlier today, actually, where people have been, uh, in America, have been uh, buying it from India. Uh, yeah, we can buy it from India. That's, method, that's, but it's being yeah. stopped apparently when it's yeah you can buy it from India or you can buy it at the veterinary store or whatever you want it's not you know this is too wide open a place for them to prevent that um if you get caught importing a scheduled drug which would be like an opioid um they'll do all kinds of things to you but ordinary drugs like ivermectin which is one of the safest medications we've ever had um it, you know it's it's uh, like a hole in our regulation they it's in theory it's uh not permitted but in actual practice nobody does anything about it you so these medications reduce total deaths by 80 to 85 percent and so we've got 700,000 people have died here in theory more than 500,000 of them might be saved might have been saved by using the medication so We've got blood on the hands of our social media. We've got blood on the hands of the YouTube censors. We've got blood on the hands of the politicians and a lot of other people over here. So, I mean, I hope, I hope they, they all go on trial eventually, but, and there are plenty of people with all the evidence all laid out, but we, we somehow have to come up with a, a, a venue that maybe, maybe it's the Hague. I mean, who knows? Well, maybe it's the what, sorry. The Hague, you know, the international court oh, right, in yeah. Belgium. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Well, yeah, it's all about the Nuremberg trials, isn't it? I mean, every yeah. every human right has been violated over the last couple of years. Um, and nobody wants to hear about it. You know, there's been in Britain, I've seen lots of videos of parents putting, you know, going to the schools and giving notes, serving notices on to the headmaster or headmistress to say, stop, you know, this is, I'm serving you notice. You are complicit in this vaccine rollout to kids. The kids don't need it um, because they were trying to get round, weren't they? They called it yeah. weird. That's the most irrational thing. But I heard yeah. the other day why they're pushing it for the kids. And the reason is, is that in the U.S., if they get it approved for children, which it is looking like they are going to do, they have an indefinite extension of their liability uh, protection. You get it? So these these people are evil. And Pfizer is Pfizer has the biggest no, number of criminal settlements of any of these companies. I mean, they're, it's just freaking crazy. Anytime you hear anything from Ki Pfizer, you should just have, automatically understand that it's uh, fraudulent. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I was going to say about the VAERS system you were talking about earlier. You mentioned 18,000 deaths. Um, my understanding is that's already been tampered with. It's a lot higher than that. And people... Whoever's doing it is doctoring the figures and bringing them down. But I know that they say only between one, one to 5% maximum of cases will be reported because the doctors and nurses aren't incentivized to do it. A lot of them don't know about it. The families don't know about it. You know, um, it's not widely publicized. So it's in the millions. It's got to be, you know, in terms of the adverse reactions now across the world. Well, even this various system, in the U.S. has over 800,000 adverse reactions, over 80,000 hospitalizations, and 18,000 plus deaths. Now, I don't think they have to, I, you know, the, the underreporting is supposed to be, some of the estimates claim the underreporting is uh, 100, 100-fold, right? Yeah. But I don't believe that we've had 100-fold deaths of 18,000. That's a lot of dead people. It's possible because it's hard to establish causality. I mean, I've got a friend who had a massive stroke a few weeks after the vax, right? right? And I begged him not to do it. And he's basically turned himself into a golden retriever. He can bark, but he can't understand us and we can't understand them, him. You know, he's walking around and I, I'm tremendously sad about it. And I asked his kids not to give him any more of the jabs. And they texted me back obscenities claiming that I was being political. I mean, isn't that awful? I mean, I, they, you know, anyway. I, I, I can't understand. So, so, you know, when was your, was your friend healthy or did he have some underlying oh, health issues? Well, he's, he was 67 and he's, he's a real athlete. He was doing something that was really impressive. Um, the day before he had a stroke, right. He was out rock climbing in, uh, Utah. And so he was quite healthy and he just had this massive stroke and, uh, you know, thrombotic events or blood clot events are the common denominator of these vaccine reactions. You know, it's, it's what you see. So I just, I mean, I, I'm very sad about that. I mean, I feel yeah. like that, you know, and I don't, I mean, the Chinese are just opportunistic in my opinion. I think that we did this to ourselves. The, the, um, uh, Fauci, uh, who some, by some estimates has distributed a trillion dollars worth of funding to all these academics. Um, he funded the whole thing and he, against Obama's, uh, express, uh, command, he funded, he kept the whole thing going in Wuhan. So I, I think that, and you know, it looks like the Chinese Chai comms 
release the darn thing. Uh, and that's certainly been the point of view of a whistleblower who is a virologist and she's in America speaking. And that link will be um, in, in your show notes. But uh, I mean, it's a very sad story. Uh, but the, the people at the center of the whole uh, cabal seem to be the international bankers. And that just sounds so fantastic. It sounds like science fiction to me, but um, you can read the stuff and uh, see what you think. I mean, the best single book is by Peter Bregan. It's called Global Predators, and it's available on Amazon. Um, and um, he just goes through the whole thing and all the documentary evidence of, of all the stuff these people were planning. And the, the tech billionaires were involved. I mean, they're, yeah. So, so what, what's next, really? I don't know if there's any more you wanted to share, but in terms of, you know, you've got yourself into this massive research and rabbit hole, if you like, of, of the medical corruption, and you, you've written a book and you, you can, you're in it now, um, and you want to do these interviews, you want to get the message out there. So what, what is your sort of vision? What do you hope is going to end up happening? And have you got more books planned or anything like that coming up? Or? Well, that's kind of you to ask me. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a reference to, uh, uh, did you ever see uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there was a time when Mel Gibson was escaping from the pig farm and he got on a, uh, on a uh, locomotive and there's a crazy dry guy driving the locomotive and he asked some, he says, uh, what's the plan now? And the crazy guy says, plan, there is no plan. The track ends in four miles. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm doing my best. And, uh, is, you know, as I said, I believe we're getting cannibalized. And if, you know, you know, when you're getting eaten alive, you don't have any choice but to fight. And anybody that hasn't figured this out, I think should figure it out. And I think if, if we get people up to a good level of understanding that we'll have enough uh, civil discord that it'll, it'll straighten itself out. That's my hope. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm at. I, I kind of have an innate hope um, through spirituality or whatever, but also the, the videos I've watched that, you know, that I'm a big Trump fan. I don't know what your thoughts are there. Um, he certainly, um, you know, certainly when it comes to, we haven't even touched on this, but I'm sure this isn't something that you've been looking into, but the whole child and sex trafficking um, industry that's probably, well, it is probably bigger than the drug industry now and, and growing. And the, the videos of the, some of the people that have been involved, you know, the victims that are speaking out about it. You know, I saw one the other day and she, she mentioned quite a few politicians and celebrities um, that were involved in this. And she said, I never once saw Trump ever. You know, she, she mentioned Biden, she mentioned Obama. Um, and um, yeah, so, I mean, we can't rely on one man to save the world because we've all got to wake up and do our bit. Um, and I think that is happening. And I think there's a lot of uh, lawyers around the, the globe that are doing as much as they can. Um, yeah. But, but obviously right. the judicial system is, is so corrupt because you've got corrupt people in, you know, in strategic places. And it's the same with the pharmaceuticals. It's the same with the doctors. And, and there are so many nurses and doctors that are trying to speak out and are being silenced or being sacked or whatever. Um, and obviously the mainstream media is just a load of shite. It's just not giving anybody any level of truth. 
Um, so it may, and like you said, the censorship on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter is at an all time high. And so nobody other than, so I don't know whether you saw, um, I don't know if you're on Telegram at all, but um, Telegram is the message app that as conspiracy terrorists apparently reside. So in, um, in, our, in our Houses of Parliament recently, a Labour MP called Telegram the place where terrorists reside because we're sharing truth. Yeah, these, uh, it all becomes narratives and they have a tremendously powerful, have tremendously powerful platforms to advance. And no matter how crazy it is, it, it comes to the forefront. Well, I mean, it, it seems from on this side of the pond that our constitution has enabled us to do a little better, even though it's been compromised. And it seems like we have a chance to, to pull back from this crazy stuff. And I don't know whether we're going to be able to do it with a legis uh, with uh, uh, voting and legislation, but let's hope that the, uh, the, 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 uh, you know, the frauds that have been perpetrated don't continue for the next elections. I don't know. We've got some, um, very smart people who are, are trying their best. And, uh, you know, I try to support him. Yeah. Of Trump, unfortunately, uh, still promoting the vaccine. And it's absolutely impossible that he doesn't understand um, that, it, that it's a, the whole thing's a big mistake. And I, it's my belief that um, no politician can win an election without uh, Big Pharma on their side now. I mean, it's, it's, they're just too powerful. So I think that he's trying to preserve his um, electoral uh, uh, possibilities. I, uh, you know, in terms of the vaccine, just on that, I know what you're saying, um, but, but some, some people's belief is that whatever vaccine is out there, um, some people believe that it's actually just got hydroxychloroquine in it um, or, you know, the placebos or whatever. And he's had to go down that route because without that, the other the bad guys could have made it so much worse 18 months ago. So he's had to sort of take that line and, and sort of pull the rug from under them in terms of what they had next prepared um, is, is what some theories are saying. But I don't know. I, you know, I really don't know what the truth is anymore. Well, there's we're definitely not at the end of all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, it looks like they're going to uh, try to foment, foment more hysteria in some way or another. And one of the, one of the ideas that some of the commentators, uh, have said was to get everybody panicked about global warm, warming, yeah, yeah. which, uh, it's already happening, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're panicked and it's like a religion in our, you know, in our, my, my kids are, they all took the vaccine and they're all believing all that stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Wow. So are you the only one that hasn't? hasn't what taken the vaccine no my wife hasn't taken it she's actually sick and it might knock her off you know she's got a chronic disease and it it you know she's she's very skeptical she's a registered nurse and she's the as you may be aware the nurses in america are the most are are relatively uh uh skeptical about this vaccine uh and a large percentage of them i uh, haven't taken it and the other big group in america is the uh, black people uh, see, have have uh, been vaxxed. I don't call it a vaccine because it confers no immunity. Right? Yeah. Uh, the black people have been vaxxed at a much lower rate. So 
I'm talking to church groups uh, who are my natural allies, and um, some of the, some of the uh, groups are black. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting on Black Lives Matter and telling them because they they are doubtful about the vaccine, even though the poli- their politics are a little crazy. <laughs> mm. More than yeah. a little, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're we're sort of coming up to the top of the hour. So, is there? Anything else you would like to share with the listeners and any pearls of wisdom you might have? Okay. So the most important thing on the show notes that I'm going to give you is the AAPS COVID patient treatment guide, right? And you can download that and you can know exactly what to, what to do. And, um, you know, ideally you get a physician to supervise you, but you can get these medications from India. I'm sure you can order them from India in the UK right? I, I, it's, it's not a complicated thing. You just Google the medication and so on. <clears throat> it's, there, are, there are a lot of different things that need to be used. And for example, I'm on high dose of vitamin D. I've got the vitamin D level of the, uh, I probably have COVID. I, I went to a conference and uh, I, I, I've got the vitamin D level of a um, Florida lifeguard. Uh, it's 120. Um, and then there's hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Ivermectin may work even better, but there aren't quite as many studies on that. We only have 60 studies of ivermectin um, and we've got 260 for hydroxychloroquine. And then, you know, an antibiotic, aspirin um, and inhaled steroids are all easy to obtain. You know, they're just standard medical things. So I, I think that if you're in an older age group, like I am, or you have any risk factors, if you, you've got a chronic illness or anything, I, if I were you, I'd have these medicines in my cabinet. And if you get sick, you can take them. So Peter yeah. McCullough is the best single reference for the, he's a, he's an academic that no one can impeach. He's written many, many hundreds of uh, peer reviewed studies. And he's on these uh, videos that you can uh, download from uh, your show notes. Okay, cool. Um, and just on the hydroxychloroquine, um, I've been making my own natural version of quinine, which is boiling grapefruit skins and lemon skins um, for about two to two and a half hours. And then you obviously keep the juice and take it as a sort of medicine. So I've done that and I've given my mom some and I've given my partner some. Um, and yeah, I mean, and you can get quinine in tonic water as well. So, uh... Mel, I don't know a thing about that. Uh, and so I can't <laughs> offer an opinion except for to say, um, alternative medicine is sort of like, what is the, the saying that, uh, just because, um, just because there are problems with aircraft design doesn't mean that magic carpets fly. <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that jab. <laughs> you, know. you shouldn't use the word jab. Not, not yeah, I shouldn't use the word <laughs> Yeah, I know. I get it. You, you're from one side of the sphere and I'm on the other. Yeah. But no, yeah. there is- the, the big advantage you have sucked into any nonsense and half of it's no good. Half of it's no good. A lot of it's toxic. And, you know, certainly up to a certain age, you just don't want to have anything to do with medicine. Yeah. If you have an unusual problem like cancer or some sort of strange thing, um, you can prolong your life considerably by getting the best help. And in America, we can get um, virtual consultations with everybody, with anybody. Um, Trump m- m- made that possible starting last year with an executive order. And there are patient advocacy groups 
that if you have an unusual problem, you get in that group and there are people there that know more than the doctors know. And they're great and they volunteer their time and they help you out. Brilliant. See, the guy's a legend. He's got that in place as well. So, well, <laughs> thank you so much, Robert. Um, it's been a real joy to meet you and it's been, um, it's been eye-opening in terms of the information you've shared. And, and as I say, this podcast isn't going to be for everybody, but for those that, that are meant to hear it, they will hear it and they will enjoy every word of it, I'm sure. So thank you very much for your time. You're very gracious, Mel. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and perhaps the story resonated with your own life or reminded you that perhaps you're also settling for second best. I've been helping people from a young age and realizing that there is more to life than what they are currently settling for. My desire is to give others the love to confidently and respectfully know their value so that they feel joy and are empowered to make a fulfilling difference. If that sounds good to you and you'd like to reach out and connect, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash Mel Clark coaching. That's Clark with an E or instagram.com forward slash Mel Clark coaching. Enjoy your day.